Hello, welcome to another episode of the Agnex podcast. I'm Pedro Carvalho. And I'm Jen Rieskamp. Today we have another very special guest. We'll be talking to Dr. Diego Manriquez. Diego is a dairy uh, system specialist at Agnex uh, here at Colorado State University. So, Diego, uh, let's get started with you giving us a little brief introduction, telling us where you're from, what do you do, and yeah, how what what do you do here at at Agnex? Yeah, thank, thanks guys for having me. Thank you, Pedro and JR. Uh, I am from Chile, uh, you know, from that very long country, a narrow country, very south in the world. Uh, I am a veterinarian. I got my DVM there in Chile uh, 11 years ago. Uh, then I worked a little bit f for small animal practice, but I always was doing some reproduction in cattle, especially dairy cattle. And then I got a scholarship from my government to move to the U.S. Uh, I spent six years here in the U.S. Uh, then it was time to, you know, think what I was going to do with my life. And then uh, I moved to France. I spent some time there. And then I am delighted to be back here at CSU, which is my uh, alma mater, uh, with you guys here in Adnex. So, yeah. Awesome. That's pretty cool. So Diego, like uh, you, you just mentioned that you 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 were a vet, right? Uh, and you grew up in Chile. Can you just tell us, like, how how was that decision? Why you went to vet school? Why you decided to work with animals? And yeah, and just tell us a little bit about that and making that transition between small, large. How how was that for you? Yeah, why, why well, you did since I was kid, I always like understanding how living beings work. So at the beginning, I want to be a paleontologist. So I was kind of crazy, like, you know, digging the ground, like in my house. So my parents were getting mad all the time because <laughs> I was just <laughs> doing holes. And then I started, like, looking if there was, like, paleontology career in Chile and it was not available. Uh, and then... Did uh, you ever find anything interesting yeah. in the backyard? Uh, yeah, actually. So kind of cool stones. And I like to think that it was kind of a piece of pottery from like long ago. But oh yeah, yeah, that, that could be. That kind really of reinforces the painting <laughs> yeah. degree. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Uh, and then you know, I always liked dogs and my pets in general. And I started when I was in high school. I started to train dogs. Oh, cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then you know, in Chile it's a bit different to the U.S. You have to do the decision when you are 18 years old mm -hmm. and you oh go wow, straight early. to vet school. And uh, honestly, that was my only decision because it made a lot of, of, of sense on that time. Mm -hmm. So I just went there, there but with the mind of uh, working with small animals and pets. Mm -hmm. But then I started, you know, uh, moving forward in the, in the career and I, I, I discovered the livestock industry and how important that is. Uh, I started liking data. I got inspired by some professors. So I totally changed my mind to work in, in dairy. That, that's pretty cool. So you had no agriculture background? No, not at all. And no. Interesting. And yeah. even in I thought that uh, chocolate milk came from brown cows. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. How far you've come. <laughs> yeah, it, but, but you were always curious, right? Yeah. Looks like you had this passion about curiosities mm -hmm. like doing research and things like that yeah it's like i i remember i used to spend long time looking at the ants like how mm -hmm. they take things and i mm -hmm. try to 
build a, a ant farm. I wasn't <laughs> successful. Awesome. Uh, I also like, you know, looking at the plants and put some alcohol and trying to extract some some things. So I was very curious, uh, a curious kid. A scientist from a young age. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, and, and that's what it, it drove you to, to, to grad school? Like when, when you started your DVM in Chile, were you already thinking that you want to be a researcher? Like No. It was when I started doing the repro uh, classes, when I saw that you could actually want to learn more about what is already being made. And I also, in that time, uh, I had a very inspiring professor, mm -hmm. two professors, and they uh, did their PhD here in the U.S. in Cornell. And I saw the massive amount of data that was being produced in, in dairy farms. So I kind of started thinking, oh, maybe this is what I want to do. Mm -hmm. uh, this is what I want to explore. And they, then they started me taking me out to the field. Mm -hmm. And I saw this is where I want to spend my life. Uh, and yeah, then I started having more contacts with the workers and mm -hmm. kind of everything started, you know, making sense. And then the opportunity came and I just worked so hard to get it yeah. and and here i am so that's pretty yeah. cool and then you 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 the, the other unique thing about your program is that you started in texas then you moved to colorado how how was that transition do, like do you think do you still having connections down there how was that positive or challenge that you faced during that transition for you yeah so the first offer i had was from texas a&m mm -hmm. Then I got there, but my advisor on that time was in another city, like very far away from far away from uh, College Station in Amarillo. So then I started working in other things like non-dairy related, like mm -hmm. um, anti antimicrobial resistant labs with Salmonella, E. coli, and I also started thinking that that was kind of cool. But then my advisor uh, moved to CSU, and I kind of. I had a hard time deciding what I want to do because the professor there wanted me to, to stay. But then I said, okay, maybe I like more dairy than spending the whole day in a lab bench <laughs> and, like, you know, reading uh, plates. And then I just decided to make the move. And then in my second year, in the end of my second year, I moved to, to Fort Collins and I have no regrets about it. So Diego, you were telling us a little bit about your career and your experience and it, you know, I think it sounds like you were spent some time in France. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about your postdoc and what you did while you were there and what you found interesting about living in that country? Yeah. So, uh, after my PhD here, I spent some time, uh, and then, you know, for some family reasons, I, I have to move to, to, to France mm -hmm. and then. Uh, I spent some time, you know, trying to, fi to find a job and then uh, it wasn't kind of hard to find the job, uh, but uh, I wasn't sure what should be my position there because it, it was kind of a, a very broad group at the beginning. So I ended up working at the University of Toulouse uh, and there they have a group, what they call uh, data and epidemiology uh, an economics group. So there I had the chance to work with kind of very new things to me, like simulation and economics. I also ended up doing a manuscript in swine production, which, oh, <laughs> yeah, which was 
uh, very interesting. Is there Was interesting. that your first time working with swine? Yeah, oh, in research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, cool. but I, I got the chance to use my skills, you know, applied to uh, another uh, species, which was very rewarding as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I think what I learned more from that is like the economic components is very important and how we can, you know, attain that to uh, animal health. And also the space of uh, computing and simulation that are very helpful because sometimes we tend to think that we need to go out there and do very long lasting studies. And sometimes we can, you know, generate some models and get some answers uh, from there. And also it was good because it was a very diverse group. Uh, there were people from Africa, from other parts of Europe, and they were very welcoming. Uh, with me, they tried to switch to English because I was the only person that didn't speak French in that time. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, but that that lasts like two or three meetings. Then they, <laughs> they completely switched back to French. So how did you keep up in those meetings? If Did you have like a translation tool that you used or did you slowly learn French over time? Yeah, or? I slowly learned French yeah. uh, and then I started taking French classes. And oh, perfect. Yeah, so uh, at the end of my time there, I was kind of proficient in proficient in listening so I was able to follow up and when they asked me I, I just replied in English but yeah they say immersion is the best way to learn a language sometimes uh, right yeah so yeah that's, kinda, that's really cool yeah yeah it's awesome so then right after right after your postdoc then you um, came back to CSU mm -hmm. with Ag Next so I'm curious to know you know what is your interest with sustainability and animal agriculture and kind of what drew you back besides you know your love for CSU and um, the connections here but yeah what interests you about sustainability and animal ag and Mm -hmm. Yeah, why egg next? I think it's because it's something that we humans do by uh, ourselves uh, because we are thinking today, but also keeping an eye on the future, but also considering the things that we have done in the past. So it's kind of the perfect uh, combination for, like, I would say altruistic mm -hmm. uh, to do something for, for, for the whole society. And then I thought it was kind of... Uh, the great combination of scientists um, and, and people. And I always wanted to be uh, relevant for others. Mm -hmm. uh, even just doing the small steps in my particular questions, in my particular endeavors. But at the end, uh, I could have a, a greater impact on others. So that's why I am very excited to be working on the uh, space of sustainability because it touches many aspects of the of the society it's not it's not only about in my case producing milk mm -hmm. it's also about workers it's also about environment mm -hmm. it's also about policy it's also about economics you mm -hmm. know so multidisciplinary approach yeah. to agriculture yeah and the cool thing about the agnes is that we have all that uh, skill sets mm -hmm. in, in one single team which is pretty unique so yeah it's pretty cool yeah and you, you, you yourself, like you, you're talking, it's pretty cool. You were talking about all of the, the background that you have starting thinking, doing research as a kid, then <laughs> moving to a small lab, doing clinical uh, work. Then you came to the U.S., you were doing some antibiotic resistance. Then you move, <laughs> you did modeling. It's, it's a very, you, you yourself, you have a very, broad spectrum of, of knowledge and, yeah. and things that you've done. And what what are the projects that you, you're, you are currently working here right uh -huh. now 
and you plan to do with with the team that you just mentioned yeah so that's a good uh summary pedro <laughs> uh, and sometimes uh i th i try to think about if i want to narrow down mm -hmm. it's like because probably i want to be known but diego is good doing this yeah but when you are you know too broad you kind mm -hmm. of get busy it's a challenge right? it's a generalist challenge. yeah yeah So I would say here, uh, I'd like to work in aspects of animal uh, welfare and, mm -hmm. and, and comfort uh, because that's in the space where I feel I can do the most impact. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you ask me about uh, current projects, uh, we have one which I'm very excited about mm -hmm. is that measuring the air components inside of, of dairy. And I'm very excited about because it's going to be kind of a, a ground knowledge mm -hmm. because a big part of sustainability, first of all, is measuring. Measuring yeah. what mm -hmm. is the, the state of art. And that's going to be important because we are measuring real-time air components, how that's affecting cows but also workers mm -hmm. so that that's going to be exciting and from that we expect to be able to develop some innovations to improve the things what that we have to improve maintain the thing that we are doing uh, uh good and then kind of exploring uh, where this technology could be applied i'm also very interested about uh, thermal stress mm -hmm. and in cattle of all ages Uh, and I'm trying to combine what we do on the field, you know, observing heat stress sign with uh, some other science that is available, for example, genomics and proteomics. Mm -hmm. Because it's very interesting to me that you see a group of animals, they all, all behave the same. They are all responding the same, like panting, having the same stressors. But down the road, there are some animals that just perform better, mm. yeah. uh, even though they are from the same breed. Uh, so that I would like to see uh, what are the components that bring those animals to be more resilient or more tolerant to certain uh, thermal conditions. So, the, yes. the why, right? The why. <laughs> I'm yeah. curious to know more about the air quality. Is it in dairy barns primarily that you're looking at? Yes. Okay. So we are looking at uh, dairy barns, but also at the milking parlors. Oh, milking parlors. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, because there there is a lot of things going on in both the barn and the milking parlor. Mm -hmm. uh, so we want to see what are the main potential exposures to animals and people mm -hmm. and see what we can do uh, and provide that uh, informed decisions to, to, to farmers, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I was just curious about which which parts of the dairy you'd be looking at more specifically. Mm -hmm. So thanks for elaborating on that. Yeah, yeah. But like, like you said, you've done research from young age through the milking part of it, right? Mm -hmm. You also have done some heat stress research early in life of the Yeah, animal. in early life, yeah. So, yeah. And and if you think about what are, you see yourself today, the research that you're just starting, you didn't mention, but when, when did you start with Agnex? Oh, right. yeah. I forgot. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's been four months, I believe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. And you're already running research and doing everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, when you look five years from now, What are oh. the accomplishments <laughs> that you want to have? Yeah, uh, looking that's like half a decade. From, that was a very from somber. Today. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was thinking that's a 
good question. It's like uh, that sometimes I should stop and think more about it. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say uh, being able to work with other people, uh, learn from, from others. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, uh, being able to be in different places, mm -hmm. uh, kind of move confidently in the spaces I want to move in my research and also uh, getting, you know, my degree and everything. But I'm very proud that I'm still a very curious person. Mm -hmm. So that's that's a, a thing I, w I would like to, to keep. But yeah, looking back in the time, it's been a lot of accomplishment, changes mm -hmm. and challenges that ha have made me the person that I am right now. That's good. And you feel that this space of animal well-being, I would say, when my welfare hits stress is something that you yeah. want to keep pursuing. Yeah, because I, I like it because, you know, I am a veterinarian. Mm -hmm. I I did clinics where you care about individuals. Mm -hmm. But now that I work in the livestock uh, aspect, mm -hmm. population medicine is really important. I see. Yeah, it's about herd health at that point. Yeah, yeah. but I think thermal stress still combines the two. Mm -hmm. You care for the individual animal which is experiencing these conditions but you need to do something thinking on the overall so that's that's cool for me yeah, yeah. so Diego, you spent some time in colorado right so you did some of your school work here you did your phd here right yes and then now you're coming back as a faculty member or, you know a professor getting researcher getting organized to start some really cool projects already working on some stuff i'm curious if you can tell us a little bit about why northern colorado is really a great place for your work uh i think it's because it's a place where uh, agriculture is really important and in very uh, wide aspect. It's important because CSU is here. Uh, because it's just, if you drive by east, you, you mm -hmm. see the old kind of uh, crops being produced, uh, farms. It's kind of in there. So I, I think that that's why it's, it's a good place to be. And also CSU brings all the... Uh, technology and the you know the thinking capacity so yeah it's it's good because also we have a very diverse state i would say mm -hmm. uh that um motivates me you know to keep learning from different people uh, i would say there is pretty much all kind of livestock industry here mm -hmm. so it's always interesting, you know, going out and see some seminars, visiting other producers, people mm -hmm. that do different things. So, yeah. And that's like you, you mentioned visiting producers, going to seminars. Uh, you talk a little bit about the diversity of the industry. I'm going to ask two, two quick things here. Like, can you just tell us some of the unique things that there is in the dairy industry in Colorado? Because I think there are some good things on the productivity side yeah. as well. And and how how is working with those dairy producers for you? Like how is like you do you go often to the farms? How is the interaction? Are they open to mm -hmm. to you? How is that for you? For me it's been very uh, rewarding. They have always been very welcoming. Uh I think they care a lot about their cows. Mm -hmm. Uh they try to be better every day. Uh they also care a lot about they their workers. Uh, they are always 
eager to do research, to collaborate with us. Uh, there is a good amount of technology yeah. uh, out here. Mm -hmm. So it's not uncommon that you go to a dairy and, and you see everything you have been browsing online, like potential mm -hmm. technologies like dairy precision, and they are there. They are already using it. And also it's pretty unique that there is a good diversity in herd size as well. Yeah. Uh, that's that's pretty unique, and there is a diversity in the in the people that works there. So to me, it was very uh, revealing, I would say, when I was living in one of these dairy. Mm -hmm. And you know, I speak Spanish; it's my first language, so I didn't have a kind of problem to work in the dairy with workers, organized. Mm -hmm. And then there were there were like a group of five or six people talking a language that I didn't get anything. And they, they look like me, you know, from someone from South America. Mm -hmm. And then I approached to a guy that I knew, he, he spoke Spanish. And he said, no, we speak Quiche. Quiche is a dialect in, in Guatemala, I believe. Mm -hmm. And out of those six people, three didn't even speak Spanish. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Then I thought, okay, this is it's great. But we may have another challenge that we have other people coming to work to the industry that we need to train we need to make sure they are mm -hmm. safe and they are speaking another language mm -hmm. so there i started thinking this is something we need to care about and do mm -hmm. more 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 research so uh yeah that's kind of uh the answer to your question pedro <laughs> uh and why i like to to be here and Every time I go out, they, I receive, you know, happy faces. That's good. Uh, they they want to be CSU and ACNEX to be out there, uh, collaborate together, uh, just make the right, right things, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's nice. So you were talking about variability in herd size in northern Colorado. What What's kind of the range that you're talking about when you describe that? Yeah, well, here I've been in herds of... 150 cows mm -hmm. all the way to 12,000. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, so quite the variety with probably a couple thousand, thousand herd um, yeah. operations and stuff kind of scattered, but that's sort of the range that you've seen. Is, yeah. Yeah, that's quite quite different. Yeah, but in average, it could be like 1,500, something something like that. And yeah. It's one of the highest producing... Per cow. Per cow yeah. in the country, right? Yeah. yeah. And, that's, and that's really... Cool. We're talking about productivity. We talked about social... Uh, the last two episodes, we talk a lot about the environment, and it's mm -hmm. like we we think about sustainability. The three pillars: social, economical, environment. You, <laughs> that's the good thing. Like you talk about covering that yeah. as well. Can you point some something, some point specific on your research that you think you can approach all of those three pillars together and and as as a sustainability aspect? Yeah, to me, it's uh, animal health. Mm -hmm. Animal health uh, reaches the all three, because if you are if you want to think about the environment, if you have healthy cows, you have you use less antibiotics, for example. Mm -hmm. You need to use uh, less uh, labor. Uh, you don't lose cows because of disease, so that you make your system more efficient. Uh, you don't, uh, for example, you do. If now you want to move to the social aspect of sustainability. If you have healthy cows, they are in a better welfare standard. So mm -hmm. the society see what we are doing and appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Also, that touches 
if you have healthy cows, you have a lower risk of you know zoonosis or uh, certain pathogens that could make workers and their families sick. Uh, economics, of course, yeah. you need healthy cows to in order to be to be productive. Mm -hmm. So I would say all aspects, if it is either heat stress, early detection of disease, testing a new uh, treatment is going to impact the all three pillars of, of sustainability. So That's awesome. And I think now we are going to, we co we've covered a lot of research. And yeah, then we've talked a lot about your career. Um, so I'm curious if we can talk a little bit about life questions. Just yes. Let's get, to know, let's get to know a little bit more about you. So I'm curious, can you talk about kind of the, that transition from being um, a small veterinarian, a small animal vet, not small veterinarian, small <laughs> animal vet, um, to working now with more large animals. What's mm -hmm. that been like? How's that been, um, how's that proven to be really successful in that transition, having that background experience? Yeah, I would say, because uh, when I went out of uh, vet school or when I graduated, uh, I didn't have kind of a choice. Mm. Because in Chile it was kind of hard to get a job, so mm. uh, I and I kind of like to work in small animals. I, I like the interaction with the with the clients, mm -hmm. you know, uh, because I, I was in a very small uh, town, so people was like very nice because their animals are very important to, to them, mm -hmm. and I think that allowed me to develop the medical part of uh, of being a a, a doctor. Uh, so that's very important, and that's something uh, I like to still have in my mind. With with you know, sometimes I spend like weeks without seeing an animal. <laughs> but then when I go out, I still see animals like something uh, like a living being that it could be subject to disease or what we could do to get that specific animal to feel better. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the transition, I think, I, it was a smooth. Because, you know, since I'm very curious, I was always excited to, to learn about mm -hmm. new, new things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I already had the dairy passion kind of back in, in, my, uh, in my life. So when I, I moved to the, for my PhD, it was just, you know, a logical transition. So That's, yeah. That's awesome. And, and how, talking about transitions, <laughs> <laughs> how was uh, the experience of living in different countries, like growing up in South America, coming to the U.S., going to Europe, then coming back now? Oh, yeah. How, how much that culture exposure has helped you in your career? Uh, you, you, are, like, you have a really open mind for things and yeah. like that. Yeah, and I think that's why. Because, uh, you know, now I, ca I can see like... Uh, learning experience but uh, at the beginning you have uh, hard challenges mm -hmm. and th those i i always used to say it's like you are a fish happy in a fish tank mm -hmm. and somebody takes you and put you in on in the sea yeah i i, f I felt like that when i came to the u.s mm -hmm. because i still struggle with the english but mm -hmm. back then it was worse you know, yeah, I was yeah. afraid of anyone coming to ask me anything. It's like in the grocery store, they always ask you, oh, how was your weekend? I was, no. <laughs> you know? Uh -huh. How uh, old are you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I experienced that uh, cultural shock. It's like how, mm -hmm. because people see life in different ways depending on, on the culture. 
but then that diversity kind of I try to incorporate it in my life. Mm-hmm. That I uh, started thinking that trying to be in other people's shoes, mm-hmm. it really helped me. I mean, it was so cool to me having friends from India, from uh-huh. Nepal, from from Brazil, you know. Mm-hmm. And in Chile, I was not exposed to that. Mm-hmm. And then I was kind of recovering of the cultural shock. And then I moved again, yeah. you know. And in Europe, you know, it's, it's, it's totally, totally different, a new language. And again, that challenge. But, you know, challenges is just to train you. For for your life, for your that's so that's nice. That's yeah, nice yeah, and you have a lot of experience jumping in in places where you don't necessarily know the language and joining teams where you're not necessarily all speaking the same language, and you've been incredibly resilient and successful mm-hmm. navigating that. And I think that's a really cool skill. Yeah, um, yeah, you can put that in your pocket for sure. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it sounds like you've got some exciting stuff coming up here at Agnext. Um, sounds like tomorrow you've got mm-hmm. a really cool event and then also an on-farm uh, event as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, that's the cool thing about of Agnext. We have uh, amazing communication teams. And, uh, you know, I big part of my um, position here is to be an uh, extension and outreach. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, uh, tomorrow we have uh, a very uh, good scientist coming to give uh, a talk to producers here at CSU. And there, uh, Dr. Alejandro Latorre is going to talk about how milk equipment uh, management affects the, the bacterial load in milk, mm-hmm. which is something really important for, for them uh, to, because there are very small things that you sometimes you could easily fix. Mm-hmm. but sometimes are not seen. So it's going to be a very educational, a lot of pictures. We have some producers already signed up for that. So we are excited awesome. not only to talk to them, but also listen from them. Yeah, it's great. like Yeah, it's like, what what do they think about Agnex, the, the, the research we are doing? Uh, how are you appreciating that we are bringing someone from another country to provide their experience? Mm-hmm. Because in Chile there is another uh, producing system, but could overlap. Maybe they get mm-hmm. different view, new uh, new mm-hmm. ideas. And if there's two systems, you can always look at those and say, okay, there's something that's working in this one. What if we tweak something on this other one? Or you know, that's yeah. The, yeah. that's the beauty of that. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really cool because it, sometimes you feel like you are doing like hard science, but no, you are not taking the time to go to your audience. So these events kind of leverage. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so one of them, it sounds like you're actually going to a farm, right? You're yeah. going to a dairy. Yeah. 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 So, and that's going to be in Spanish oh, training. Cool. So, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. it's, it's going to be for, for, for milkers. Okay. And we are approaching that in a way that, like, we are not saying you should not do this, this, and that, and you should do this, this. It's, yeah. mm-hmm. it's just going to be a sharing. conversation. Yeah. Oh, sharing. That's great. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. So. Professional development kind of experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. great. And yeah. and one of the cool things is the person who is coming to give the training is your former professor. Yeah. What? <laughs> yes. oh, okay, I just left that detail out. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and, and you, you mentioned that you graduated eleven years ago, right? With that yeah. the and, yeah. and the next question is like you graduated twelve years. Twelve years ago. Years ago. Yeah. Wow. This person was your professor twelve years ago. Yeah. The next question is the question that we, we always like to ask, what is something that you know today that you wish you knew? 12 years ago. We usually ask 10 years ago, but when you're graduating, 
What is something that you know that you would tell the young Diego coming fresh out from school that you know today? Wow. You do hard questions, <laughs> Pedro. <It's laughs> like, we need some coffee here. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, I would say just being patient mm -hmm. uh, that if you keep doing uh, something, everything you do, you do like in a in a way that you are thinking in yourself to develop yourself mm -hmm. uh the opportunities are going to show up mm -hmm. uh because the good things come to people that do right things so when i was young i saw myself hopeless mm -hmm. uh not knowing what i was going to do mm -hmm. and then now talking to my professor because she's already here and she told me no i knew i knew it i knew you would be here mm -hmm. but back then I, i i didn't trust myself mm -hmm. so if i could go back to the past i would mm -hmm. say okay Diego, be patient and trust yeah mm -hmm. so and awesome. sometimes i try to uh say that to myself when i'm you know writing a grant or like yeah. freaking out because i'm not doing what i want uh, mm -hmm. yeah yeah but it's yeah. it's hard to move out on back of oh that, yeah that mm -hmm. part mm -hmm. yeah i agree yeah and and she's she was your mentor back then yeah one of those professor i i uh, talked about er earlier one of them was was her how how important was mentorship your in your career oh like, very very important and how how do you seek for them like they came natural were you looking for something specifically y no i wasn't looking for anything uh I think it was that curiosity because I was always the student, you know, raising the hand, like eager for yeah. opportunities, for internship. And they maybe saw some potential on me. And yeah, that's why. And then when I was leaving the country, they gave me the carry-on bags. Mm -hmm. And I still have those carry-on bags with me and I take them everywhere. So that's, that's how important mentorship is. Just thinking the impact that you may be doing in other other people and when the education is is there it's even more relevant so that's awesome yeah that's great time to wrap up there or I we have any so. other question um well i do want to ask you one quick question if that's okay yeah um can you talk to us about um you know what you do in terms of running because i think it's very impressive oh yeah oh. i want to share that with folks yeah they know that you're an avid runner When you, when you ask me about why I'm in Northern Colorado, I kind of wanted to say that, but I oh, want to okay. stay, yeah. well, you know, professional. Yeah. So when I came to Fort Collins, I didn't do any exercise. Uh -huh. And then uh, I just, you know, find out about this Fort Collins running club. And I oh, remember cool. I said, okay, I'm going to go and check it out. Uh, and it was like minus four degrees. Oh. Minus four. Yeah. Celsius oh. or? Uh, uh, Fahrenheit. Yeah, wow. Celsius it was wow. like min minus 12 or something. Wow. wow. That was really yeah. quick math also. Wow. Yeah. It is cold. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's cold. we always do the transformation <laughs> all the time. Of course. And then I run, we run like eight, 8K and I said, no, I'm not doing this never in my mm -hmm. life. And then the people was just so nice with me. They started, you know, talking to me, uh, asking about my history, sharing stories. And I just I got absorbed. With, with with that group and this city is just amazing like how the trails are structured across the city we have the foothills and everything and then like few months later i was running the a half marathon 
Well, oh, just casually. Just okay. Just, now yeah. I'm gonna do, no, but I'm gonna do back then I don't I want to run telling, anymore, and now I'm running a half marathon. That's really impressive. Yeah, but after the half marathon, I was saying I'm not running another half marathon. Uh huh. And then I said, Oh, another one. I'm going to sign up. So how many have you done? Half marathons? Yeah. <laughs> uh, over ten. Oh wow! And yeah. then marathons? Have you done a marathon? I'm doing my seventh. Oh wow! Uh, on three more. Three more weeks. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Dang, so you're currently training for a marathon. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I got 19 miles on Saturday. So Wow. wow. That's <laughs> impressive. Yeah. How, how much this training process also helps you in your career? It's it's really helpful. It's like, to me, you know, when people say that in the shower you get the best ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, going out for a run is like being showering for three hours. Because, <laughs> wow. I, because I'm just, it's just your body and your mind. Uh-huh. And then uh, I have got some good research ideas, just running, you know, it's really, it's really helpful. That's cool. Yeah. That's nice. The other, the other really cool thing, and I know Diego, uh, that you really like is, is how well-dressed Diego oh, is yes, uh, all the time. He, he make us feel miserable. No, 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 it's not. <laughs> no, I know he's actually dressed down today, yeah. which is surprising because usually Cause you're I all decked out. You've got a blazer and a bow tie typically yeah, I and a pocket square. We were, we were going to talk about his dress and I was going to be with, <laughs> with the vest and you know, with the ties. So. You're afraid you're going to get too hot. <laughs> but but you, we've had nice conversation about this uh, and you, you, you mentioned why you like that. Can you just like, as a curiosity, like, share with people if you want to yeah why you like to do that and how you yeah well to me clothing represents the way that you uh wanna be seen in the world Mm -hmm. Uh, and it has to to me it has a lot to do with architecture Uh because you know the special thing about humans in my opinion is like we wanna uh subtract about the environment uh you know to protect ourselves Mm-hmm. That's why we started, you know, building houses, mm-hmm. uh, controlling the fire. And uh, I think clothing is the first layer. Mm, interesting. So so that's why to me it's so important to, you know, represent how I want to be protected from the world, but also how I want to be seen. And I'll, I also like language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I think for me, clothing is a way to develop a, a, a language. Uh, mm-hmm. I, lo- I also like to know the history behind of the clothing, you know, how the knots are called, you know. And I also I was telling Pedro, I just remember that I like useless things. Oh, <laughs> that's true. Okay, you're yeah. into useless <laughs> stuff. Yeah. yeah, because I think those are the most relevant ones. It's like you can relax, there are, you are not expected to do anything with those, and you mm-hmm. can just enjoy. It's like, for example, a tie or a bow tie. Uh-huh. It's useless. It doesn't... It's just a decoration, you know? Yeah. But it, it's important because it means something for for some person, like mm-hmm. a pair of shoes for other person, you know? Mm-hmm. You know it's a, that's but kind of... Yeah, it's a definitely you know. a nonverbal form of communication. Yeah, that's it's really a cool. it's a language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's what, what I like. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Diego, thanks for talking yeah. with us today. Yeah, no, yeah. thanks for great. having me. We yeah, this this awesome. was a great time. Yeah, I cannot believe yeah. it's been like 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we just have... Yeah, we can... We can keep going you know yeah, yeah whatever we need to do <laughs> we we could to talk about clothing well, i think we have three final questions that again just asking because it's been nice diego has yeah it's been really conversational so and and what is the other thing that i've seen in you in, in your uh, office and things like you you like to read right yeah yeah well, what is what is a good book that you have um 
read recently? Uh, it was one of, actually, it was one of uh, one of my friends is the author. Oh, cool. Uh, it's called, well, in Spanish, it's Tragar Veneno, which is like wow. swallowing <laughs> poison. Yeah. Yeah. And it's about soccer. So it's kind of yeah. a interesting. interesting combination about the name and everything. It's yeah. like how soccer is important in the development of society. Agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and then it, it, it was interesting because uh, he put there some of conversation we have had. So it's been very uh, interesting the way he sees uh, soccer because it's also related to the things that we were talking about useless things because well, if a country wins like the World Cup, for the average person, it may not mean anything. You yeah. didn't get your job better. But if it makes you happy, you know, see the world with more hope, it's doing the what it's supposed to be. Um, so that one I finished like a few weeks ago. Yeah, and I have another one here in on my desk. So That's awesome. That's nice. Uh, what is what what is your favorite restaurant? What do you like to eat here? Uh, uh, sure. Well, I mean, I guess anywhere. If if you have yeah. a strong answer, I think typically we're gearing it towards Fort Collins. But yeah, uh, well, this is your interview. You yeah. do what you would like, sir. I I want to hear the Fort Collins answer, but you can also give another. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I like uh, here. I like the Thai food. Is good. There uh -huh. is a you know the Cafe de Van Gogh. Oh man, that's you, the yeah, best one in town. Yeah, I think, in my good. opinion. Yeah, I oh, also like. Uh, this is not my opinion is not sponsored by. <laughs> oh yeah, they're, they're <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. They are one of the few ones that I've been they're in. They're good. they're good. Yeah, it's very very. They're good. good. Yeah, I like that. I also like pasta and Italian. So. Oh nice. Yeah. Well, what is like you've you've traveled all over the world. I'm I'm manipulating all of the questions here, Jerry. No, it's <laughs> good. I love it. Uh, but what is what is the place that you have visited that you like most? That you, oh, I wish I. You know, uh, I would say Italy. Okay. I I think it's it's a museum everywhere. Uh, yeah. You know, I like the history. I like the language, the way they, they see life. But it just came to my mind that, you know, I spent four years without going to Chile mm -hmm. after my recent trip. And, you know, I got, I fall in love again with Chile. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, I got the chance to be in Santiago which is the capital, but now I explore more. And I and I thought, oh, this is a real cool place. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, I like I like Chile. No place yeah. like home. Yeah. No place like home. I'm yeah. done, Jer. Oh, no. No <laughs> rush. No rush. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> yeah. No, that's great. Um, well, thank you so much for no, all, the, all the answers <laughs> and all the conversation. Me. We appreciate yeah. it. And thanks to our listeners for joining us for another episode of the Ag Next podcast. Um, we'd also encourage you to follow us on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, X, I guess now, Twitter X. Um, and then also, if you're interested, we have a monthly newsletter um, that folks can sign up for. And also we're on YouTube. So we'd love to love to engage with you there as well. Thanks again, yeah. Diego. Appreciate Thank you, Diego. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Thank you. I appreciate you.